0: Welcome to the Critical Media Studies Podcast. We're your hosts, Mike Rapici and Barry Falk. Hey, Barry, good morning. How are you doing? I'm
1: doing well, Michael. How are you?
0: I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Thank you very much. <laughs>
1: good.
0: Um, good. So so this morning, we've got sort of a twofer planned. Um, we are going to... We, yes, indeed, sir. Uh, we are going to talk about... Um, uh, Jacques Ellul's technological society, with a focus on technique, uh, his main uh, term. And then we're going to circle back around a little bit later and talk about uh, a recent post from Bob Lefsitz where he says some interesting things that relate to uh, this. Is, excuse me, the discussion of Ellul. So um, I'm going to start out and just briefly. Summarize Alul, and then let you uh, sort of put some put some meat on the bones there. But basically, um, the, the the driving focus for Alul is what he calls technique, which is often confused with technology. But as I understand his term, it's not technology so much as it is a continual move towards efficiency. And uh, there's um, a man named James Fowler who was who's written on Alul and he he says that um, technology essentially is a byproduct of technique. That as we move towards more efficient ways of doing things, we invent technologies that enable that, and. Um, I think that's where well the confusion comes in, I think with some of the, the translations from French to English, but mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It, you know, thematically that that's where that problem comes in. So, you know, when he's talking about technique, he's not talking about technology, but he's talking about moves towards more efficient ways of doing things, which are always technologically aided. Um, mm-hmm. would, would you like to add to that a bit?
1: Yeah. Well, I can add a couple of things to it. I guess the first thing we should say is we should mention that, a Lowell's moment, because the context of a writer always matters a great deal, so um, it matters a lot that he's writing about technology in the immediate post-war, post-World War II. There have been so many wars. Which one? World War II. Uh, Writing in the post-war, World War II moment. If you read the longer book, um, translated in, in English, given the title translated with the, rather the English title of the book is The Technological Society. Um, I think that was written in the early 50s. It very much, it feels like a Cold War book because if you read the longer book, there's much more of a discussion of geopolitics. And one of Alul's big takeaways, I think one of the reasons he wrote the book was to make a larger argument that although the Cold War the you know the new cold war that was around him the new cold war atmosphere that encourages us to think of the world the meaning of the world the meaning of the politics is the struggle between American capitalism or Western capitalism and the Soviet Union and socialism and communism that uh, allules, and in fact I think in the context of his time what do you think of this um, in the context of this time this Alul's book is long, but not just because of its length. It's a little bit difficult to read uh, for a couple of reasons. I think one reason it's difficult, one of the reasons why the book has caused confusions is I think that, right? Like if you're writing at a moment when the entire world thinks the thing that matters, the struggle that matters the most is the struggle between the Western powers and the Soviet Union. you know if that's it, and then somebody comes along and says you know what it turns out soviet capital soviet communism and western capitalism it's not that different they have a particular relationship to machines and technology so i think one reason why his book kind of offers itself or allows itself to be misread and why you need to attend to it carefully i think one reason is this it really is a kind of a freak book within that particular political context. So that's one. And then you already alluded to another reason why I think the book is um, presents difficulties. Why you have to be a careful reader of it, um, because he's also doing he's doing another again counterintuitive thing that, um, and it's a and it's a continuing. a a continuing confusion that Alul wants to clear up, but we have a great difficulty about it. He wants to talk about, as you say, technique, and I'll say something about that in a moment. But he wants to distinguish technique from our technology. He wants to distinguish technique, as you were saying, from our machines. I still think it's it's, it's hard, I don't know, do you agree with this? I still think that's a hard thing for us to do. He's writing about it in the fifties and forties, but I think separating separating the effects of technology from the technology, uh, I think we have a hard time doing that. I
0: I, I think in our current I do con- Do you agree? Well, I think in our, our our current context, it's difficult because we're so surrounded. I mean, technology is just this ubiquitous presence, but you know, he traces it back. Uh, from its origins and and so there's that's one thing
1: he tries to do so he's trying to tell this narrative that makes it easier for us to distinguish technology from technique.
0: so so when you look at the world in a pre-technological state it's easier i think to understand the moves towards efficiency as being the primary concern of technique rather than technology being synonymous with technique um you know mm-hmm. i i think that the the book is a bit of a puzzler because in a way you know we're taking two very different uh economic systems right you talk about right. socialism or communism and capitalism and saying well it doesn't really matter but i think that that's actually one of the strengths of his argument is that it doesn't matter, you know, all, all right. for, 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 for Elul, all roads roads lead to efficiency. And regardless of how you decide you want to stack or orient your process, right. what he's saying is that's always going, we, we are always going to gravitate towards the most right. efficient way of getting to the end. So um, I, I, all- I
1: say, dare I say this is where he's pressing where he's first, because I think, you know, what you just said, it, maybe it's a little bit easier for us in our discourse now to say, well, you know, I kind of see capitalism and, and socialism as having as being tied to this other narrative about efficiency and productivity. It's maybe easier for us to see this now after well, the fall of Soviet communism and, and, and the example of China where capitalism and, commu, right, it's a communist state, mm-hmm. but it also seems identical with a hyper capitalist state. So we're kind of used to thinking in these contradictions or maybe about the similarities between the two systems in a way that, you know, people, I don't think we're equipped for in the 1950s. Maybe.
0: Maybe. I I think the other, the the problem I think that we would have with this, I don't know, maybe in the 50s, but certainly today, I think the stumbling block is Mm -hmm. that we, we tend to, you know valorize one and demonize the other right so yeah of course, of and, course, and, and, of course. and 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 how right. is it how is it possible right. that that that, that right. my and my enemy yeah. is doing the same thing that i am same thing doing. i'm doing um right. so i i think it's a it's, it's a question of perspective i mean having having worked through the book i guess i you know you, you he he does a good job in steeping his argument in yeah. uh who wants to read the book
1: who wants to read a book? You know, no one wants to read the book. I mean, and actually, which you kind of, well, you know, this is what we were saying, uh, before that. I mean, I'm (sighs) just alluding to the fact that, um, to really sort of grasp his arguments, you have to sort of go all the way. You have to linger with him because he does lay it out, but it's a kind of, it's, um, it's counterintuitive. And so counterintuitive arguments need a little bit of, uh, uh, the writer has to be kind of careful to lay them out. But listen, I you know I talked about the context, but I didn't answer your question. I'm going to use uh, about like what's technique. So let okay. me do that real directly and quickly. And I'm going to use the helpful synopsis of uh, um, the technological society provided by James Fowler to do that. And I'll try and do this in a couple easy steps. So first off, a key quote from a little that Fowler uses. Uh, where Alul tries to define, I think this is at the beginning of the book, uh, where he tries to, where Alul tries to provide a comprehensive definition to technique, his key term. And here it is. Technique is the totality of methods rationally arrived at and having absolute efficiency in every, rationally arrived at, and having absolute efficiency in every field of human activity. So the important thing, i isolate three important things in that sentence. Technique is a totality of methods. It isn't just one thing. It's the whole media environment to translate it to the media environment, number one. It is rationally arrived at. That's something that's really crucial because it's about the subordination of everything to Kind of machine logic or to a particular kind of rationality and then three uh a, the key word the word that the term that a returns to over and over again uh, that's marked in this definition is efficiency technique prizes and is centered on efficiency on giving us the results so it's not just a machine it's an attitude that the best machines And this attitude, according to Lowell, evolves over time. It's an attitude that the best machines are gonna give you what you want when you effing want it. And it delivers on time, every time, instantaneously. And this is the first time I'm gonna mention drugs in this podcast, but it will not be the last because I will return to that. You need technique like a junkie needs junk, as William S. Burris would say. So that's an important, Okay. Oh, I see that I alarmed you. But I, do you want do you want me to get to the door and then just say two more things about technique, and I'll shut the app up?
0: No, I actually want Where to ask you? you. I want. Well, I want to ask you a question because I think <laughs> that your 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 little exposition there raises a very interesting point about the relationship of man to his or her technology, or our relation to technique as the two become more synonymous. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Fowler argues that Alul argues that this is always a rational process, right? Yes. Right. It That's is. It one. is essentially, uh, you know, it, it's akin to water seeking its lowest point, right? Like it doesn't matter what it looks like. It mattered. The end result is what it is. And you had mentioned the junkie, right? Who it, I I want it. Well, that is pure pathos. And so the connection is now that the technology technique, which is rational in many cases. So if we're talking about, you know, um, you know, raising crops, okay. What is the quickest and most efficient way to irrigate a field, to plant the field or to plant it, to irrigate it, to sow it, you know, to, 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 to harvest it. What's the, best way what is going to get me from nothing to something
1: yeah exactly
0: as, as efficiently exactly. as possible but when we talk and, but see that so that's that's subs that, that's subsistence when we talk about content as entertainment and the way that technique works in and again i i guess you know you, you could talk about drug use as entertainment right? that is pathos right i want this right the, the difference between a you know a farmer needing crops and a junkie wanting uh, you know his 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 drug is is different and, and um,
1: yeah that's right right so the
0: so i'm 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 curious as to how um how you know is is it always going to is it i guess this gets to the question of is it going to give us what we want or is it going to give us what we think we want but do the latter in the most expedient manner.
1: Well, that's a great question, but I'm I'm not going to answer it because I think we're going to return to this question and perhaps, and perhaps address it another way when we bring up um, when we move to our second point, the Bob lefts its, uh sure, sure, term sure. about the attention economy. Sure, so, sure, sure. But 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 if but you want a quick an- a quick answer to that question would be I do. Th- my speculation as of now, although I think. The more we talk, I might change my mind. I do that. Um, is the latter. How did you phrase it? You phrased it as we come to think we need something, and then we, we want that need to be fulfilled in the most expedient manner. Yeah. But I think the subjective, I mean, I loved what you were saying because, uh, yeah, pathos, this subjective desire. And you know, I, I think, Michael, you improved on a little there my friend because you know i don't think he maybe he does Am might be unfair i don't think he doesn't i don't think he talks about the psychological element i don't
0: think so but, either i'm
1: gonna you know so i mean I, you filled in something there and you're you're getting i think when we're going to this is why i think when we talk about digital devices and when we talk about when we bring in something we read by bob lefsitz uh, media watch person and podcaster and you know, uh, blogger. When we talk about digital culture, the subjective element that you're talking about, I think, becomes more apparent. I don't think a little talks about the needs and the and the primacy of artificially created needs for things. But it. But on the other hand, talking about technique allows us to make these metaphors and to think these thoughts, and maybe prepares us for how digital culture is. Uh, you know, for, for the more, comp, for the complex interactions that humans have with their machines in the digital age. Let me say I have two last things and now I'm eager, you made me eager, just two things about technique, very pithy from Fowler again, um, because you make me eager to sort of go to the other, to the other thing we wanted to address is a piece by Bob Lessett. So I'm eager to get to that. So let me just two bullet points on technique. One comes from one comes, I guess they both come from Fowler, uh, but this is an inspired summary of a Um technique can be differentiated by from technology by thinking of it as the search, which for Alul, as Michael mentioned, the you know, lull gives a historical account of machinery and humans' relationship to machinery. And in the 18th century, he identifies this sort of new evolutionary, this new teleology for technology, where human interaction with machines becomes, and here I'm reading Fowler, the quest for the efficient procedure, the most efficient procedure to find, and here's little's term, the one best means in every human endeavor. And final, uh, And the final way, I think the other helpful way to think about technique, a little concept of technique, again, provided by Fowler, is that technique becomes, quote, quoting Fowler here, a necessity imposed on all of human activity. So that technique is something that you can isolate from the machines, it becomes it it emerges as part of the human interaction with technology. But it's according to Alul, it's its own separate thing. And it becomes the new nature. It becomes a necessity that is imposed that colors our evaluation. I'll use, that's my paraphrase of what Valor is saying. It color the necessity, the drive to find the one best means, efficient means to do something becomes the new nature the new grid or lens by which we evaluate all of human activity that i think kind of sets us up for what you want to say about uh, what we wanted to talk about maybe with bob lefsitz and our digital devices
0: yeah yeah um so the the lefsitz piece is i'm of two minds about it you know um when we were talking before we started recording, you had expressed some concerns um, about, about his argument, and I was uh, a bit more on board. But as we're talking now, I, I think I'm starting to come around to, to what you see. So just um, you know, by means to, to briefly summarize it, Lefsitz's argument is, is basically that we have what he calls now an attention economy. And his- uh, oh,
1: let, let's set him uh, not to interrupt you, but let's set up just I don't know that much about Bob Lev since I subscribe to his newsletter. He's a media watch person. He's a former record industry person. And right. increasingly, his blogs and podcasts and stuff. um He's looking at he's become a media watcher,
0: right? And, and, yeah. and now. so in fairness, uh, Bob, if you're listening, I wasn't immediately a fan, but I'm coming on board. I like I like the way uh, Bob thinks here. Um, but his, his argument is that um, with on demand programming. So this is he, he talks about music, uh, but this is really his, his argument. To, the, the compelling part of his argument that I'm going to focus on here was really about television. And he's arguing that uh, platforms like Netflix and HBO and Amazon and Apple are doing it wrong when they release television shows in a serialized format, right? So anytime that a new program is released, you get usually two episodes to start you out, and then they're releasing on a weekly basis. Every week you get a new episode. And his argument is that this is reminiscent Of a pre streaming or adhering to a pre streaming model where you had to wait. And, um, you know, to keep his argument as simple as possible, he's basically saying that because of the just the massive number of options that we have for content, that we shouldn't be forced to wait. And that this violates essentially the attention economy that you have my attention, I am a subscriber to this, but when you make me wait, you are not acting in my best interest, my being the viewer, and if you're not acting in my best interest, then you're not acting in your best interest, uh, you, the platform, because I want what I want and I want it now yeah. and I should be right. able to have it now. And so as you're talking and we're talking about Ellul, so to try and put some pieces together here, if we think about technique, as the one best rational means of achieving an end, the question that has to be asked is what is the end? And uh-huh. but we should say technique usually, according to Lul,
1: keeps us from asking exactly your question.
0: Sure, right? because we are right? always because right? we're always moving forward. But right. and I'm this is where I'm going to step aside mm-hmm. from the uh, burrows. Model okay, okay, of yeah, junk sure. because I'm yeah. that's not that's thankfully that's <laughs> not my area, Um uh-huh. but I do watch a little bit of television. So um you think about what's best right now. Left sits argues that what's best is giving the audience what they want so that they will be happy and continue to watch. So instead of right, he's talking about a show called Mrs. Maisel and he says the, the marvelous first,
1: Mrs. Maisel. No offense, Mrs.
0: Mazel. <laughs> you dropped an epithet.
1: She's his, his, so his, pissed. His Trust argument, me, she'll be
0: pissed. And she's probably going to come for me. Um, <laughs> his argument is the first episode sucked, right? So I'm going to, I'll read briefly. Um, we just started a series on Netflix entitled Unauthorized Living. I still haven't figured out what's going on, but I'm intrigued. Yet then I remembered Mrs. Mazel was coming out on Friday and I tuned in and there were only Two episodes, and that's in capital letters with an exclamation point, on a holiday weekend. Furthermore, easy
1: on a holiday weekend. Oh right, my well, God! What so, a nightmare! So, but but, th-
0: but this, is, this is this is this is him arguing that time is 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 the precious Very thing, much. right? And now, so Very we have much. time. Uh, furthermore, the first eighty percent of the first episode was nearly unwatchable. So cheesy, so two dimensional. With the actors chewing the scenery, I almost had to turn it off. And I'm a fan. And we, Okay. Um, but I stuck with it and watched the second episode, and was, it was somewhat better. And if the rest of the series had been available, I would have continued. Now, I'm not sure I'll even go back. I mean, you had me and you let me go. Doesn't anybody at Amazon know about the attention economy? And so I think about this and I say, well, okay. Lev Sitz is operating under the assumption that Amazon cares that you are happy now, right? And that you will watch now. And the thing that I wonder about again is this distinction, or there's this this sort of tension within technique between um, essentially between logos and pathos, right? Between the rational approach, what is the mm-hmm. best rational approach, and what's going to make mm-hmm. me feel good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm I, I think that the assumption that Lefsitz is making is mm-hmm. that those two are the same, right? That the best way of doing this is to make me feel good. And I'm not entirely sure mm-hmm. I like that, that that is a fair point, right? And I like it is, your point. And, and so I'll, I'll wrap this up and I'll, I'll I'll hand this over to you for a second. But you know, the thing that the attention economy ignores here in, in, in this in this, as I understand what, what Lesitz is talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Is that you have my attention, you got to keep it. You have my attention, got to keep mm-hmm. it. The difference between... So so to me, this is the difference between sort of seeing art and being with art, right? Okay. And we talked about this when we talked about Spotify. I'd mentioned that um, when Radiohead released Kid A, I hated it. I mean, hated you it. You lingered with hated it. it. You lingered with it. But I hated the fact that I hated it because I had such respect for everything that came before So I spent time with it, and in time, I came around and was like, wow, this is truly art. This is amazing. And it didn't change. My orientation to it changed. Absolutely. And so as I'm thinking about this, I'm listening to him, and what's he saying? He said there were only two episodes. The first 80% was nearly unwatchable. Well, guess what? The first 80% of Kid A was nearly unlistenable. Right. And he says, Well, this is your
1: new ear. To your two new ears. Right. Two new ears. Fresh ears. And and, and
0: these and these are his new eyes. And I don't know. Maybe there's a difference between consuming visually and consuming audibly. Might be, maybe. But 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 to me, and then he says, Well, the second episode was a little bit better. Well, what happened in the second episode? You spent a little more time with it. Now, I'm not arguing that Mrs. the amazing. Mrs. it, Maisel isn't. I'm sorry, I
1: said magnificent. I'm sorry. Well, she could be yeah. fabulous
0: too, right? <laughs> but the fact is, I'm not arguing that that's art. But I think,
1: although that, he does elsewhere in the essay, well, he he says to. it's
0: about art. He says he, this is about art here. He says it's not just about efficiency. He says streaming isn't entertainment; it is art. It's art, and right. there's this contradiction now because my question is, at how much time do you need to spend with art Good to appreciate it? And certainly. There are moments in art where that first glance is going to absolutely take your breath away. But right. that's not almost that's not all art. That's not all would, art. And I would argue that's not yeah. even most art. It's not even most art. So I agree. Agree with this. This this question about the attention economy, to me, it, it brings me back to uh, Bernard Stiegler's concept of noesis and needing time to step out and to think. In fact, Stiegler's model really fits well with this because, you know, he's arguing that we're in this uh, this 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 nonstop twenty four seven digital economy where you're not encouraged to stop and think. And so, right. I wonder if we take sits at his point and say, "Look, streaming is art, and you know, slow the fuck down, enjoy." or don't enjoy, but spend time with art and let it be what it can be. You know, um, there's, there's, there's an interesting contradiction within the instant access to everything and the fact that that access encourages rapid consumption, binging, right, which by its very nature is antithetical to spending time and thinking. And so, You know, this efficiency, this gets you back, this gets us back to that discussion we started with in terms of political systems, right? If your goal is consumption, if your goal is capitalism, essentially, right? Because rampant consumption here, then this really is the very embodiment of technique. From a rational perspective, give me more, but it violates the emotional perspective, which we as non-technological creatures right. bring to the table, and technique right. doesn't care, right? It doesn't. Right. It says, "It says, let me let me do the most efficient thing, which is to give you this." I like what you're saying here, Michael. Um,
1: I wonder if there's a way to take this back to a lull, because a lull would say that technique is about efficiency and about our desire and need, however you want to categorize it. To find the most efficient way, the most reasonable way, the most efficient is his main word, the most efficient way of getting from point A to point B is, is part of Levsit's complaint, uh, complaint that the platform is not being efficient in regard to his media consumption. What what is it, what's at the what's at the content, what's at the core of this his complaint, do you think?
0: Sure, sure. So first of all. It would absolutely not be the most reasonable way because again, there's zero zero concern for reasonable, right? That's 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 pathos again. And this is what's the most efficient way. And um, I, I think that Lefzitz's problem is that he's sort of misplaced himself in the grammar of this this question, mm-hmm. right? He is mm-hmm. he's not the subject, he's the object here, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter whether he likes it or not, I think the most efficient way for these platforms to be is to continually produce content, right? Again, we have to ask, what is the goal? What's the end game? The end game is not a happy Bob Lefzitz. The end game is a viable Netflix or Disney or Apple or you know you pick your platform. So I think that it's great to try and frame this content as art And I think it's great to try and say we should have instant access to art, but the truth is that it doesn't need to be art, right? What it needs to be is content and it needs to be available content. And if you hit on it and you create art, that's fantastic. But we live in a post network age, right? We live in the age that is defined by streaming. And if you're going to be in that, then you need to be streaming content. And, you know, it's not designed to be mulled over and thought over. It's designed to be consumed, but art takes time. And if we want to create art, that's going to be fulfilling. Cause Bob's not going to sit and watch shitty television, right? I mean, he might, but he's not, he's going to, but, but most people will watch mediocre television. Most people are not a media watchdog. Most people are, they're going to come home. They're going to grab some food. They're probably going to eat their food in front of the television while they're, playing on their phone half the time, you know, we're, we're living this media saturated world. What's important is content more than, um, Bob. Sorry about that. I don't know. What do you
1: think? Uh, well, I think you've given me, uh, my big takeaway from, from the piece is that, and and this strikes me as a kind of affirmation of, you know, th- this suggests to me, um, a little continuing relevance that we pretty naturally arrived at a you know, we begin, and, and, and Bob Lefsitz begins, with the discussion of art and entertainment. And in fact, I, you alluded to this earlier, Michael, that at one point, he even says that streaming it is about art. You know, he is isn't just about entertainment. Streaming entertainment, a lot, streaming allows for a possibility of immersing yourself in art. Um, and so it's about art, but nonetheless, our discussions about art, when we talk about digital technology, I think they, uh, and your answer referred, referred us back to this. You, we, we pretty quickly come back to the point that it's not about art or entertainment. It's about content. Yeah. And that, that has, and tech and technique seems to have, um, be a factor, our, our obsession with technique seems to be the thing that has pushed us in this direction and has redefined the ways in which we think of art slash entertainment.
0: I think that's right. I think that's right. I mean, what,
1: what is your big take? Ben?
0: I think that the big thing for me is I, I find this concept of the uh, attention, uh, the, the was it the attention economy, really fascinating. And um, I, I think as we've talked through Alul and we've talked through left's position, what what's really clear is just how incredibly front and center your attention is, and how it's it's tempting to think that it's tempting to do what Bob did, that we want to be the subject here, but you realize that you're not. And that there's a million people, there's a million platforms, there's a million things that are constantly grabbing for that attention. Um, and that it's not in the name of art. I mean, I think his mistake is a really interesting one. It's not about you and it's not about art, it's about consumption. And and what you, you consume know. is content. I exactly. Mean, I think where we're, we're you know, sort of seeing the
1: yeah. And I think we feel the leg I I mean, is this right? I, I think. You know a little would i think these are allulian conclusions that we seem to be drawing from they are because the we're going to we're, we're,
0: we're going to celebrate the, the the development of the next technology that's going to allow me to uh you know watch all this <clears throat> while i'm doing something else so i'm going to you know go have a television installed in my car and as a cyclist that terrifies me anyways um barry this was fun
1: all right it was Glad we had a chance to do this again.
0: It was. Thank you. And uh, I'll see you next time. Hey there, one more thing real quick. If you have questions or comments about what we've talked about, go ahead and drop us an email from our website at www.criticalmediastudiespodcast.com. Or you can visit us on Facebook or Instagram at Critical Media Studies Pod.
1: Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Critical Media Studies Podcast. To find out more about the show, check out our webpage at criticalmediastudiespodcast.com.